Welcome to Born to Hustle. I am your host, Rohan Carrion. I am here with Michael Garcia. He is an IT consultant with Ambon IT. Michael, can you please tell me a little bit more about what made you decide to be an IT consultant to begin with? Yeah, no, absolutely. So first of all, appreciate you having me on the show, Roham. We've gotten to know each other a little bit over the past couple months. Mm -hmm. And so this is good, man. Congratulations, by the way, just on getting all this started. So thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming to begin with. I appreciate it a lot. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So yeah, so my my journey is, oh man, I think it kicked off probably... The entire story, right? So, so you want the, all the story? Yeah, we got time. The, okay, Tell me everything. Okay. Like, so when I mean, when you were born and the first time you finally were able to walk, <laughs> you know, just like literally the beginning, but like in the business perspective. I got you. So, so I guess if we're starting from the very beginning, first of all, I'm I'm born and raised from here, from San Antonio. Right. So, um, after high school, I ended up going to UT mm-hmm. in Austin. And so that was a cool experience. It was, you know, kind of everything that I thought it'd be. But afterwards, I had a decision to make. So I had originally, my degree is in history, right? And the original plan was to become an attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember my first day of talking to like, what do they call it? The, um, the advisors, mm-hmm. right? To kind of just guide you through your college experience, whatever. He was like, well, if you want to go to law school, pick a major where you're going to read a lot. So I was definitely in in the history uh, realm, right? So uh, after that, by the time I finished college, though, I I know I knew I didn't want to be an attorney. <laughs> so Okay, so you initiated to become an attorney. Yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. Let me ask you a question. I know it's a little sure. bit off topic, but history sure. and then an attorney. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so again, the idea was that you're going to be reading a lot in law school, right? Mm-hmm. Going over cases and, you know, laws and all this other stuff that's just really logical and you have to really process it. So typically they'll recommend like become a political major, a uh, political science major, poli-sci, history, uh, government, economics, something in like the liberal arts school is what they typically want you to, to major in. So yeah, I picked history. I was always a history nerd as a kid. And so after... Again, after college, I I had to figure out, well, how am I going to use this degree? <laughs> so there's not really much you can do with a history degree outside of like, you know, maybe becoming a teacher, working for the government, or in my case, jumping into sales. And so that's exactly what I did. I jumped into sales. I had a friend that um, was working at a company called SHI mm-hmm. at the time. And he told me, he was like, hey, man, you might you might be a good fit for this. I think you'd do well or you would at least enjoy it. And so SHI was a reseller of everything IT. So, I mean, you you think about it, whatever pretty much you can think about, they would resell it. Mm-hmm. So I really learned about all the different tech companies that were out there, right? Cisco, Microsoft. Uh, at the time, AWS was maybe just getting started, so didn't do a lot of that. But I learned about all the different companies that are out there. So... Fast forward to now, right, after a couple of different tech companies that I worked for in Austin, uh, I finally decided a few months back to jump into the fray and become a small business owner. And here I am. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So how long have you been in the tech industry? I've been in the tech industry for about 12 years. Yeah, probably more so like 12 and a half now. Um, so, you know, I've, I've worked for companies like SHI, like I mentioned. I worked for... Uh, Oracle for a little while, SolarWinds, a um, couple other well-known companies were like Rackspace, NTT. So, you know, I've, I've had numerous experiences between working with small businesses, medium-sized, enterprise, level-sized companies. Uh, and that really, I think, set the foundation for me to do what I'm doing now, right? Because it allows me to pivot and kind of target who I want. Okay, that's very fair to say. Yeah. And then when you work at Oracle, right? Oracle. Yeah. What yeah. did you do there for a little while? So at Oracle, I was on the, it was a global uh, Java team, right? And so essentially we were going after companies that were out of compliance in using Java for uh, IoT devices. So 
you know, think about uh, some little device that's maybe a smart device, right? Chances are it's got Java running on it. Mm -hmm. So Java allows you to use those licenses up to a certain point, uh, up to a certain number, and then after a certain dollar amount, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Once you get past that and you're making money off of it, they want a royalty fee. So... Yeah. Oh, it's, so it's not free. And it's anything. not. It's not free forever. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So that was essentially my job. I was a, a pretty much like a BDR, uh, business development rep there. So it was my job to go and find those companies and then get them in in line with being compliant as well as kind of setting them up for some future deals that they might want to do with Oracle. Oh, that's very interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. And, all of that combined, I mean, if that's the case, you've been doing it for 10 years, you've been working with different companies. Sure. What is it that ignited the hustle for you to be an IT consultant? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there were several factors that went into it. Um, you know, it, at the time, so all my career, th there's always been kind of the, and I think a lot of people in tech can attest to this. It's a very fast-paced industry, very fast-paced environment. Um, so with that said, there's always kind of a shiny object, right? There's always kind of that, that temptation, I guess you can say, of wanting to jump to something else. So, and again, if anyone listening is in the industry, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, your LinkedIn gets filled with job offer requests, uh, you know, almost every, every day. Some, in some cases, some people have, you know, recruiters chasing them down to, make them a part of their company, right? So so that's a good thing, though. Sometimes people look at that and they see it as a, a negative light, but I learned so much from so many different people at all the different uh, companies I was at and the roles that I was in. And so getting all that experience and all that under my belt, um, I got to a point in my life where I said, well, I, I have a skill set. I know how to communicate. I know how to position something that someone might be interested in, but I don't feel like I'm getting enough out of what I'm doing on a, on a day to day with, with some of these other companies. <clears throat> so that was a big, a big factor was I just really wanted to, to connect with people uh, on a more personal basis. And you really get that opportunity to do that when you're working in a small to medium sized business. In my opinion, mm -hmm. some people might disagree with me. That's fine. But in my opinion, you really do get to know people on a personal level uh, when you're in the small business field. So, you know, I um, I had actually back at NTT, I was actually laid off uh, at the end of October, I believe is what it was. And so I found another job within a few months. And, you know, it was it, it was kind of the expectation was for me to come in and be a very big piece of the sales engine within that company. Mm. At least that's how I had understood it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, long story short, things don't, they're not, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye, the owner and myself. And so we just had different styles. We had different ways of going about things. So I'm very big on partnerships. Uh, I think that no one wins alone. Mm -hmm. uh, you need people. And if you have a particular skill set and they have a particular skill set, then this is a perfect opportunity for all of us to work together outside of the FANG or, you know, the big tech companies that are out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you've been doing something for so long that you know it well enough, take that and apply that to other relationships that you have. And so that's, that's really what I'm doing right now. So just being able to, um, branch out on my own was, was a big thing. I, I figured, I just figured, you know what, it's either now or never, right? You're either going to do it now or you're not going to do it at all. There has to be something that actually, and, 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 and that thought process has been going for X amount of months, years, I mean, yeah. um, or eventually you just got sick of it and you're like, you know what? Like I'm ready to have my own practice. Like it, sh it should have like long overdue yeah. per se. Like, yeah. No, you're, you nailed it. Um, I, I had felt a certain way for maybe the past, I would say five or six years. Um, just being a part of organizations and then seeing the mistakes that leadership would make in my head, it was like, how, why would you do that from a business owner perspective? Why would you make that call and, and cause 
so much headache and heartache for the rest of your workforce. So, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to point fingers or, or point out anyone in particular, but it was just, it was something that I had noticed not only in my own roles, but also in outside in other like companies from you know either friends or things that I'd read about that particular company and decisions they made. It just, um, so yeah, it, it had been kind of festering inside of me. And so it got to a point where it was like, like I said, it's either going to be now or never, right? Another big driving factor was me wanting to do something locally for my community. Like I said, I'm born, I'm born and raised from San Antonio. And I, I don't, the technology scene here, the tech scene, I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement. It, there's a lot of room for growth. And so when I lived in Austin, I mean, you could throw a rock and hit someone that works in, at some IT company, right? So it, it just seems more, much more prevalent in Austin. And because of that, Austin has benefited a, a lot from, you know, businesses that want to move there and, and things that end up uh, attracting more people because of that type of culture and environment. So I just started to think to myself, like, you know, why not do that here? Why not try and, and contribute to the tech scene, the tech community here in San Antonio? It is very, I, I completely agree with you because every time I go to Austin, I see a ton of activity going yeah. down there, like up there. Like there's right. a, a ton. Yeah. Like, have you ever been to the Omni Hotel by any chance? Yeah. It's a big building. Yeah. yeah 100%. I remember I went there once in every single floor. Yeah. There was an event or something going on. Mm -hmm. It was insane. And most of it was actually tech related startups. Yeah. A lot of tech startups are coming out of Austin. But again, like since COVID hit, Working from home has kind of changed the dynamic, right? You see a lot of, at least I do, I see a lot of CEOs, a lot of major companies wanting to push people back into the office. In my mind, that makes zero sense whatsoever. You're only going to make people upset, especially if they've made dramatic moves, like they move to a whole other state where they have, you know, now they've got an actual scenery of green right maybe they're living like on an acre now instead of living in a cramped apartment somewhere in la or, or silicon valley right but now you're seeing tech these tech ceos and a lot of tech companies trying to force people to come back into the office and i think that's a very big mistake you're gonna you're only you're you're sacrificing your employees happiness and that's going to sacrifice their ability to deliver on whatever it is that you're trying to get accomplished so in my head and as a business owner that makes zero sense to me, right? Why would you force that upon? Not to mention, you know, a lot of these companies also talk about being, uh, you know, following ESG and being more green. Well, isn't it more green to let your employees work out of your out of their homes instead of driving back and forth, right, to to a building? Aren't you going to save money by getting rid of all those leases, all those buildings that you have, right? So, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty of other things that go into that. But you can go back and forth, right. like bringing them back into the office. There can be right. more accountability because sometimes when you work from home, you don't know if they're actually working. There's some metrics and systems in place, but you never know. Yeah. And then, but the thing is, <clears throat> if if the guy is meeting his metrics, and right, he's clocking in and doing what he's supposed right. to be doing, then what's the problem? Exactly. And and, and realistically, I can see where you're coming from because it's right. not just in the tech industry; it's just corporations in general. They want them back into the office, right? And I get it. But at the same time, like, that's not necessary. It's just you got to change with the times, right? Like, that that whole the, that whole thing changed the game forever, right? And now that we've already proven that employees can be successful in that type of environment, I think companies need to change their mindset and figure out how to get that same camaraderie that they used to in the office some other way, right? Set up events where... You have, you know, in each city where you have a cluster of people, set up events, make make everyone come out, right? Make everyone kind of still interact with one another or, or encourage one another to do that. But I think it's just changed and companies need to change along with the times. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. What about us as, as business owners? Would you say, I feel like we're the only ones who are still keeping up with the times, meaning like we still stick with Zoom. Like that's now a, a practical it's super practical. Like it's back in the day, it was just like come to my meeting or right. in-house consultation, right. and that was difficult. But now, Zoom calls available. You can have clients from different states, and I'm pretty right. sure back in the day that was a thing too. But now, 
um, new startups and even business owners like ourselves can have the same leisure. Right. Like it's the same thing. And I mean, for and you think about it, right? For a business owner, that's awesome, right? Because think about starting a business maybe 50 years ago, right? 60 years ago. When there was no internet, there was no Zoom, there were no cell phones, right? There wasn't any of that. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of, first of all, you had to stick to your own city, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you had to really get to know people and you had to, and that's that's not to be, that's not to say that that needs to be replaced or it should be replaced. I'm saying that was your only avenue, right? Because we can still do that. I still think that it's always a better approach to meet someone see the whites of their eyes, shake their hand, right? Have a meal with them, right? Just try and get to know them on a, on a more personal level. But now we also have all the other stuff, right? We have all the tech stuff, right? So let's say that, you know, Mr. Customer is in, uh, you know, Dallas somewhere and his kid's about to, you know, play their first soccer game, right? Well, I'm sure he'd rather want to see his kid's soccer game, but still realizes it's important to have a conversation with me so now instead of sacrificing one or the other he can hop on his laptop an hour before the game or while he's at the game Mm -hmm. right and have a conversation with me to where we still talk business talk shop get done whatever we have to and he's still present watching his his kid you know plays for soccer game yeah maybe maybe before the game starts but that's a commute that you don't even have to take exactly that's the big barker right 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 because um, there the game has not started, but you're still in the bench, right? Maybe on the computer, you're there. and you know the game is not started yet, but you're just there. And instead of just doing the commute, and then maybe right. you have to change, and like I'm sorry, my son, and no, like it's it's like all right, man, I'll talk to you later, five minutes later. Woo! Right, you're there, you're there. You're not worrying about hopping on a plane back all the way, you know, to to Dallas from wherever you're going. So it just it's it's technology. I always say is a double edged sword. Right. And we see that a lot with everything that's going on in the world today. Right. You can use it to your advantage and use it as an extension of yourself or you can let it use you. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can be constantly scrolling on your phone or you can be, you know, just constantly distracted. Um, but it's it comes down to, you know, personal choice and, and responsibility. Really. It really does. Yeah. And, and, one, and one more thing before we continue forward with the next topic sure. is. Uh, since we talked about this, what will be a key insight about the industry? And, and when I refer to this question, I refer more to like some people may want to be an IT consultant like yourself. Sure. Others may just want to be somewhere else in the tech industry. Sure. Um, you can Google it. You can go to YouTube. But yeah. what will be something that you will only find out by experience alone? And that key insight, what would you like to share? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a really good question, right? It, first of all, time is going to be a big one, right? The The amount of years that I've been in the industry, um, you see a lot of stuff. You experience a lot of stuff. And so those first-hand experiences, sometimes the only way you can get them is by the amount of time that you're you're in the seat, you know? Um, I'll never forget I had, I had a COO that I used to work for. Um, this was at a small tech manufacturing company. And... I look back on it now and I, I realized all the valuable like lessons that I learned from them. And that was one of the things that I would ask him. I was like, well, how do you, how do you know all this stuff? Right? Like, cause the guy always seemed to have an answer and you know, he would just sit there and be like, it's experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's it, experience. Bro. <laughs> I've been in this chair probably as long as you've been alive. And so <laughs> that's the thing, right? Is like, you're not, so I guess, I guess I would say don't hesitate to start, right? Sometimes a lot of people, they, they, they think, oh, I have to have this grand elaborate plan, right? But the plan isn't always going to go according to how you planned it, mm-hmm. right? So I think one of the big, one of the big tips or, or pieces of advice that I could give is just jump in. Jump in and start somewhere, Right whether that's picking up a certification, whether that's Googling stuff, whether that's making contact with someone like myself or someone else in the industry, um, just start reaching out. Start start doing some type of action. 
Oh, okay. That's very fair to say. Cause, yeah. I mean, honestly, you can only find out. That's all until you do say. it. Until you do it. Right. You just got to start doing it. And then right. what's another key inside about the industry that you could say as an industry, not through you came, not as a tech consultant, but what is something about the tech industry that generalized speaking nobody knows about? Um, I think a lot of people sometimes think they have to have degrees uh, to be in the industry or to be successful. Mm-hmm. In in my and again, there's probably going to be people out there that completely disagree, mm-hmm. right? But in my opinion, is you don't have to have a, a college degree to jump into this, right? The, again, there's certifications. AWS has plenty of certifications. You can become certified a certified architect through them and get out and start making very good money into the six figures, right? Um, because they're so needed. Same thing with GCP. Same thing with AWS. Same thing with cybersecurity. There's there's such a need for cybersecurity right now that you do not need a degree, a college degree. Um, you can get certifications as well. There is also like training companies mm-hmm. where they'll train you on certain things that you can do, uh, and that is enough. That's enough to secure you a very good, uh, high-paying job in the industry. Uh, to where you won't be, you know, having to worry about where's the next check coming from or anything like that. Okay. So based on what you're telling me thus far, the tech industry, there's plenty of job opportunities. Because plenty. Because you get recruiters chasing after yep. you, which I, I relate to that in the finance industry. So mm-hmm. they just continuously like, hey, man, and the longer you have being in the in, in a specific position, I've noticed that the request gets even bigger from yep. there. Yep. So it becomes even more plus, right? And then right. beyond that, you're telling me that there's no need for a bachelor's degree or whatever, associate's degree. Now, if that is the instance, then what would benefit someone to get a bachelor's degree? Let's just say I decide to be in the industry. I get yeah. my certifications. What, what would you think a bachelor's degree can even do for me? I mean, you could probably get something like a computer science degree, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's like, it's like with any other type of degree, right? Typically, companies are going to favor... They they put weight into people who have experience, but they not only put weight into people that have experience, but they also will pay more if you have the paper, right? Um, in some instances, that might be a little bit silly, right? Because you might get a guy that's, you know, probably can rip apart the entire network of a Fortune 100 company and has never set foot on a university, but um, that's in my experience, that's kind of how, how I've seen it, right? So that's life. That's, it's that's just life, right. Accredited, a piece of, piece of paper. Exactly. It's just a piece of paper proving that you know, even though the, the individual who's been doing the experience already knows yeah. it, but because the paperwork alone already builds that trust and they're going to assume that it yeah. should. Right. Like that's quotation marks right. right here that you should know better. In some instances, that's the case. In several sure. instances, that's not the case at it, all. Exactly. And I mean, at the end of the day, right, you get a degree at the very least what it's telling people is you can commit to something for four years or five years or however long it took you to get that degree and finish out the the plan right Mm -hmm. so it does show that you can put in the effort it shows that you have dedication it shows that you can set a goal and finish it right it shows that you can be measured right so if anything those are the things that i would see uh add to your experience alone right it just solidifies that on paper showing that you can do all those things commitment i would say right that, that's and that i think that's powerful yeah. as an employer because i can see myself going for someone with a degree than no degree because if you study it and here you are at my door right chances are you're gonna stay sure compared to someone who has no degree no certification and he probably still trying to find out what is is real hustle right right so i can i can totally agree to that point of view right and then now You've been doing it for X amount of years. What is a few things that you would say you, that you wish that you would have known? And like you can glow, like if you can go back in time, yeah, like a mirror, yeah, see yourself and say, "Hey, bro, like X, Y, and Z." What would it be? Yeah, um, I I think I would, you know, I think the steps that I've taken right now to get to where I'm at have been good. But if I could go back and give myself some advice to maybe shortcut to where I'm at now, um, I would say. Maybe find uh, your niche faster, right? Like have, especially in sales, 
I was always taught you got to have your singles, your doubles, your triples, and your home runs, mm-hmm. right? Focus on what's going to get you that cash flow to set you up to have the triples and the home runs, right? Mm-hmm. So focus on that little niche that's going to get you that cash flow and make sure that you're in a really good spot so that you can dedicate time to bigger deals and bigger opportunities. Um, that's what I would say. Find something that's going to be really good on the cash flow return and not not too time-consuming. Not too time-consuming? Okay. Yeah. So have you been in an instance where you spend too much time and maybe the effort wasn't worth it? Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, you know, what I'm offering in my business, I feel like it, it is worth it because if not, I wouldn't be offering it. But it's going to take, there's things that have a much longer sell cycle, right? They're just going to take longer before they're completely finished, right? So if I come across a migration opportunity that's going to take three months, right? That's going to be maybe thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, but I've got a sell cycle of probably three to five months, right? Depending on how smooth everything goes. In a perfect world, it's it would be the minimum of three months. But we don't live in a perfect world and things can always yeah. come up. There's right? always something going on. Exactly. Yes. As opposed to like maybe someone who needs a website, right? Straightforward. It's going to be a $2,000 website, right? They pay that up front. I get it done in three to four weeks and we're all off to the races. So it's just it's just knowing your business and knowing what's going to bring in cash flow, what's going to be your really big deals, right? And then figuring out how to balance both of those. Okay. That's very fair to yeah. say. Yeah. Because, um, man, that's interesting then. So that, that sounds very welcoming. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, just go ahead and do it, and chances are you're going to succeed as long as you stick with it. I mean, and that's the that's the biggest thing. I would also say, you know, just make sure you're financially in a good good spot as well, right? You don't want to... You don't want to be struggling and and trying to figure out how you're going to keep the lights on, um, but uh, for sometimes you don't have that luxury. Sometimes you don't you don't you're like I need to get money coming in as quickly as possible. That's just that's just being real, right? Yeah, no, one thousand percent. And so, then, and we long <clears throat> you have a very long sales cycle, right? Definitely far more patient than I ever could. Yeah, like. Yeah, that's, that's, so you, you just got to you gotta really figure out, again, like if you're working on a deal that's going to take four to six months, you need to be having plenty of deals coming in that are those one-month turnarounds, right? So, it, but it, I, I definitely say owning my own business has definitely kind of lifted the veil for me. Um, I, don't, I don't think I could go back to working for someone else. <laughs> No, I totally understand. <laughs> You have full control of everything. And exactly. You're going to start telling your managers, like, have a good day. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, it, but but it's like, and it's not that I don't want to come off as like, oh, I know everything because I don't. And that's the thing, right? Like, you got to be able to lean on people because you don't know everything. You have to do everything. That's the big difference, right? You don't know anything, but you have to do everything. Yeah. So... As myself, as an example, in my, in my entire career, I've always been in sales, and I love sales, right? I love talking to people. I love learning about what they're working on. I love solving problems. I love helping people. Now that I have my own business, I can't just do sales, right? No. You get it? Yeah, so like, there's a far bigger picture now. You got to worry about finance. You got to worry about marketing. You got to worry about operations. You got to do project management. You got to do everything. You're wearing all the hats at You're the same time. All the hats, my friend. All the hats. So understand that as well. If you want to start your own business, understand it's going to be a grind. It's going, to, it's going to be the biggest grind you've ever done in your life, right? So think of the most challenging role you've ever been in in whatever job you've had, mm-hmm. and then multiply that times 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what really is interesting, though? Um, that's far I met that's a lot of business. You know what's interesting? Like, it what? is a lot of work. It is, you are wearing all the hats. Yeah. But because it's benefiting you directly and you're building your own path and because you're actually yeah. 
like this is your you. business. This is for this you. Is your baby. And like, yeah. yeah, like you agree with me, right? It makes 100%. it makes you feel like it's your baby. That's right. Like all my businesses, I have like a like. Oh yeah, she's great, bro. Yeah, she's, she's she knows well. how to, she knows how to treat me right. Yeah. Every, every now and then, right? Like in every relationship, they start getting you know a little bit abusive. But as long <laughs> as they say I love you back, I'm like, okay, cool. We you can forget- stomach it, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's so like totally. I relate that to the core, and, and it's like, yeah, it is a lot of work. It yeah. is ten times more challenging, but for some reason, it's, like it's like man, it, but it just hits different, you, you know. And and I, every business owner that I've I've had the pleasure of speaking to a lot of business owners within the past few months, every business owner has told me a story where they're on the brink of like a mental breakdown, they're on the brink of getting divorced, they're on the brink of like losing their family, right? Like losing their house, mm-hmm. losing everything, right? But they keep at it. A lot of people end up saying, "Well, I can't, I can't go on any further, yeah. right? So I got to go find a job now." Yeah. But there's the ones that stick it through, and the ones that get through it completely, they end up being the ones that are massively successful. Oh yeah, I hope I get to relate to them because I'm I'm getting punched in the face. Just every keep now and then. keep and, taking and it, brother. I know I have I've learned. It. Trust me, I learned to cry as I walk at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So you just wipe those tears and keep going. No, not even. I'm just crying <laughs> as I walk. <laughs> I don't even have time to wipe. Yeah, it. it's like, hey man, don't worry. Have positive attitude. Yeah. It's like, I'll do the next time. Work. Give me a minute. Yeah. I'll yeah. put it in my schedule. Have a positive attitude, dude. <laughs> put all the you know positives. I mean, I mean, some people just stick with the moment. They they go through the challenge and they just stop and then right. they just feel the full burn yeah. and i get it but like yeah. you gotta keep on pushing you really do right. and it, it but that's good for you also like humans are built to take stress humans are built to overcome difficult situations right it's just naturally embedded in all of us i'm not saying it's only for certain people all of us are built that way and so when you really start to push yourself and you get outside of that little comfort zone right mm-hmm. I'm sure that in somewhere along my career, I will always remember someone had had wrote something on like a whiteboard. We always used to have like whiteboards to you know work stuff out. Someone made a little box, right? And mm. they said, uh, "This is your comfort zone, right?" And then they have a little dot outside the box, and it says, "This is where the magic happens." And so it's true. It's true. It's not until you get outside of your comfort zone where you're having those sleepless nights where you're you know worried sick about where the next you know uh, check is going to come from and how you're going to pay your mortgage or you know your your kids school tuition or whatever right but you just got to grind it out oh 1000 percent. i remember a poll by the sba the small business administration oh yeah and they said how many times or like would you say that you have to get out of your comfort zone in order to elevate your business, and eighty three percent said yes. Absolutely. And I, I, I felt that to the core. And I remember when I was nineteen, I, I used to go to Bunker Labs. It's like a, mm. it's like a co working space, I believe. Okay. I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. Um, I used to go to the panels. It's in Austin, and there's there's veterans, literally speaking to former military or when I was in the military, telling me, um, you know, like how be a business owner. Right. Um, Use what you have learned, your leadership, you know, basically everything like you, you're ready. Just yeah. do it kind of yeah. deal. And then I completely forgot what I was going with this. So, <laughs> so, but, well, the, but you got to keep in mind when I went to, oh, I remember, I remember this one lady said, most business owners have two to three businesses failed before yeah. they meet their massive success. Right. And I said, man, I really don't want to relate to that. I hope yeah. the first one becomes massively successful. Absolutely. That was 19-year-old me when I had three businesses. And now it's 20-year-old me with two businesses already failed or one of them I sold in because I lost my passion with real estate. I love real estate. It just wasn't for me. Sure. Not for like the next 20 years. And I went through my failures, especially in COVID-19 and so on. So I'm looking back into it and I'm like, man, why do I relate to it? (laughs) <laughs> like I'm just another part. Like well, I wish he wasn't like 19 year old me. I was like, man, I can I don't want to relate to that. I want to. I, I want to. I'm excited, and here I am, 24 yeah. years old. And I'm like, damn, I relate. But look, man, I'll, I'll tell you this: it, when you get older, right? When you can't, when you can't walk the same way, you can't run the same way, right? When you're getting close to the end, you're gonna look back on your life, and you're gonna be like, I'm glad that I tried it. I'm glad that I did it. Oh. Instead of being like. I wish I would have tried it. Why didn't I try it? Mm, right. Yeah. So, and that's one thing I, I, I never want to 
go to my deathbed thinking about is that I never tried something out of fear or I never tried something because I was like, man, well, what if it doesn't work out? Well, what if it does? What if it does? And it changes your life completely. It really does. You and know? it gives you a lot of purpose, too, because you wake up in the morning and some people say, like, man, what is your why? Right. And sometimes the why may imp- like right now some individuals that I've met, they have a why, but they don't have a they don't have a real why. Right. It's just that that's my baby and I just get up right. and I just work and that's my like if that why is not just a why for you to keep pushing, it now becomes your purpose. Right. And that's just your life moving forward. That that's so important, man. That's uh, that so there was I forgot who who I I heard this from another person who was also a leader in a company that I worked at. But he he told me, he was like, the problem with society today, one of the many, is that people don't have a purpose, right? It's a, it's a crisis of purpose. People don't, people don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Before, you know, you would work for your family, right? Well, now less and less people are having kids. Before, it was like you had your own business, right? Well, now it's harder and harder to start your own business. And so it just, it ends up becoming that, crisis of purpose where I mean you nailed it on your head if you don't have something that's going to literally pull you out of bed right and that's why for a lot of people I don't know if you've ever noticed this but or if it's even happened to you when you have kids I've noticed a lot of people like they were kind of just you know floating through life Mm -hmm. but then they had kids and it was like a light switch just went off right and they started going on a rampage just doing stuff yeah when my daughter was born, I couldn't. I remember I got recently scammed. Oh man! Yeah, because I I remember I came. I was living in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, my my wife at the time we're no longer married, but uh, she got pregnant with my daughter, and I remember mm-hmm. my family. Everybody kept telling me the same thing. Hey, dude, you should come back to San Antonio. You should move yeah. back to Texas. Your family's here. Yeah, you need. You're gonna need this help. Right. And I was just by myself in Tennessee, in Cordova, yeah. next to me, nearby Memphis. And I was like here, like, well, I don't know. And I kept with the I don't know. But in my head, it was like really sticking with me. Yeah. Like, they're all, everybody's telling me to move back to, <coughs> to move back to Texas. Right. And then, unfortunately, because of COVID-19, my, my, the business did not work out because it was not essential. It was not yeah. important. And I, I lost my passion of it because... Man. Dude, I was working so hard for what? Yeah. It wasn't, it came to the point that I just said, you know what? I need to change my life. I need to figure something out. Yeah. And then I moved to Texas. And before I knew it, I started um, the contracting business. Right. And the Sayer Industries. Right. But oh, like um, when I started doing something like that, before that, on the day that she was born, like hours before she was born, I remember this company, somebody tried to hire me and they said that we're going to, I'm going to work from home. There's something brand new. And then they said that you're going to have to get the equipment in X, Y, and C. Long story short, I was negative 1,600. Man. Like they scammed me good. And, and that just to get to the point. And then my daughter was born and here I am looking at her and I'm just like, whoa, like now right. I have to make my dreams. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about, like, I need to make my dreams come true. Like, I need right. to pursue. Because I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I was thinking about getting a job. But when she was there, I was like, I need to pursue my dreams. Yeah. I need to figure it's, out. Now I, it's real. Yeah, I right. need to make it happen. Like, yeah. You like no I wanted now. to make my dreams a reality, but I'm looking at her, and I'm like, I really got to make my dreams. <laughs> like, I really yeah. I really yeah. have to now. Yeah. And I'm looking yeah. at her. But then I'm just here like, yeah. oh, now I need. Luckily, because with the baby shower, I got diapers and this and that. Sure, sure. But I'm looking at it, and I'm just like. I'm negative sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, because I just recently got scammed. Yeah, trying to get a job to supply. Yeah, for my family. <laughs> but now you've got your purpose, right? And, yeah, and it was and a, it so, was a strong purpose. Yeah. I, I didn't have time to to complain because I'm pretty sure if I wrote I wasn't born, uh, my daughter like um, I'll probably be complaining how I got scammed. But when she was born, I was like, no, I don't got time for this. Uh, like exactly. I gotta make it. I gotta figure it out. Like right. like like just. This lady's hungry. Like, right, exactly. like, you know, like, I gotta She's figure gotta it out. Eat one way or another. Yeah, exactly. So, therefore, I yeah. see exactly what you mean. And then Noah was born, and that's my son. And I'm just like, once again, damn, I really, 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 yep. really gotta make my dreams a reality because I'm yep. slowly getting there. But my journey's, I'm, I'm still meeting my milestones of my right. journey. My journey is not even ended yet. But the, and the, that's the thing, man, is, is the journey takes a little while. It does. That's, a, that's, that's one thing that I've definitely learned is patience. You have to be patient. You have to be consistent, 
but you have to be patient, right? Yeah. One thing, one thing you talked about uh, a few weeks ago, right? You mentioned it to me, and you mentioned it to some of the other people at the networking event. Sales breath, right? Commission breath. Commission breath, right? You, when you come off to people, like if you're desperate, they're gonna get that, right? They're gonna pick up on that, and that's gonna, it's gonna scare them away. So you just want to be, you want to have a plan. But don't don't linger on it, right? Get it into motion. I sometimes describe it as like building an airplane while it's flying. Oh right? yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's how it is. That, that sounds very difficult. At the it same is. Time. And, and, yeah. and realistically, the best way to remove commission breath is focus on the presentation. Don't worry about the sale. Sure, right? Because commission breath is like, I need this sale. And that's why it takes time, and you gotta have patience, right? Because people need to get to know you. No one's ever gonna buy from you. No one's ever gonna do business from you if they don't like you. Right. If they don't think that you're a genuine person and you want to be a genuine person, I'm not saying put on a facade. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm saying be a genuine person yeah. and genuinely want to help people out, genuinely want to hear their problems, hear what they're working on. Right. And figure out where you can work with them. And sometimes you're not going to be able to. But I think that building that relationship and building that connection can help with other connections that maybe people they can introduce you to, right? There's other things that can come from knowing that person or building that connection. Mm -hmm. so. No, that's fair to say. That's fair yeah. to say. In, in, in reality, it also, I, I know I talk about commission <coughs> birth in my networking events every now and then because I, I, I really pre pre preach it at this point. Sure. But that's because I've, I have to learn that lesson. Right. I've had the same issue. Man, I think a lot of us have. Yeah, like I had the same issue. At some There's, point. And, and, and comes to the point, I'm like, all right, guys, like I need to make my sales. Right. I need to make my metrics. If I Sometimes it's because of competition. Sometimes it's because right. I put myself a goal and I didn't want to go to my manager. Yep. And they're going to ask you, like, why didn't you meet your goals? And I freaking hate that conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate it. That's another reason why I like being a business owner. Like, if I didn't get the sale, you know why right. I didn't get the sale? It just didn't happen. Period. That's it. Don't give I me. I know why. Yeah. I know why. Don't, don't give me like. Explain oh, if you said yeah. Right. Don't tell me the oh if you would have said this and this and that you would have right. gotten like shut up, bro. Right. Like no, yeah. no, were you in the conversation? 100%. You wouldn't gotten the sale. Mind your business. Hundred percent. It came to the point I just told them they were just not the customer. And that's what people don't understand, right? Like you're not gonna sell. I mean, it's like if someone walked up to me or they walked up to you, right? And I'm sure this happened to you before where they're trying to sell you like uh, a phone, like AT&T or internet, right? Direct TV, something like that at like a Walmart or Sam's or something, right? It's like, well, dude, I don't, I don't even watch TV. <laughs> I don't watch TV. So I would literally just be wasting my money on something like that. Oh, you. So they're never going to sell you. Never. I'm never going to buy it from you, right? And so... That's the thing is that you you don't waste your time on on those people you because they're not interested. You talk to the people who are like, oh yeah, you know what? I've got ATT right now or whatever carrier, I got and I don't like them, right? And I don't like them. What do you have? Oh well, you know now you've got their attention. Now you can give your pitch. Now you can if, if either the ideal customer, right, where they're like, that sounds perfect. Sign me up right now. Or they're the the customer that's on the fence, which is, I think, probably most people, right? Where they're like, well, I don't know, like, you know, uh, and then yeah. that's, you go into like The other thing they're not considering is that the sale changes their lifestyle. Sure. Because I remember this. Uh, it really does. I remember um, a friend of mine, I'm not going to say any names, but he, um, he basically tried to convince somebody who had, like, multiple streaming channels. Like, mm -hmm. he had Netflix, Hulu, Apple, and stuff like that. He says, why are you having all of this? when you can just have one pa one entertainment package. Right. And he was cable. He was on DirecTV, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he did manage to get the sale, by the way. He nice. did manage to get the sale. But the thing is, I saw a lot of hesitation on that guy, and I I remember when I asked him, do you think he's going to, do you think he's going to, like, keep the service? Well, there's a contract. And I'm like, so you didn't mm. care really much about him. It's like, well, if you think about it, he's saving some money here. He's like, okay, you're not really paying attention to the key part here. The key part. And then and he saw us a little bit of defiance. I get it. Sure. He wanted to sell. Yeah. But I was, uh, I was a I'm former military. So ask me how much I cared about what he thought about me being defiant. Like, really? <laughs> like, ask me if I care. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyways, um, but that aspect alone, um, I remember it's like, you do realize that 
he watches Netflix and stuff like that. Did you ask about the family? Who's using that Netflix? And right. He told you, he was like, oh, I barely use it, but my brother does. Um, so that means that he's canceling Netflix. So what about the brother? You know, cause yeah, problems. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I know something in a way, it's like, what does it really matter? Well, that's a right. lifestyle if you think about sure. it. Because sure. uh, what about the kids? What about this? What about that? Like, right, right. Like, and I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I used to have cable too. Sure. But the only thing I don't like about cable is that you're paying and you're still getting ads. Yeah. You know, when I pay with Netflix and I no don't ads. get any ads. Right, exactly. So, and if they start giving ads, I'm going to slap somebody. I don't know who. Um, I got a big phone. I'll figure it out. I'll be like, yo. But like, to yeah. return back into the topic of the tech industry, right? And, and yeah. in a way, um, would you say that tech industry is mostly sales related or? Not at all. Because I know there's a lot of development. I have this friend who worked for Intel yeah. and he developed a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Like, What's more that you can say about the tech industry? That's that's probably to be honest, it's probably the majority of it. It's it's development, it's maintenance. Sales is a sales is a portion of every business, right? Whether you like it or not, you're gonna have to sell your product at one point, right? Unless it's just that amazing that everybody just comes to you without you doing anything at all. But for the most part, sales is going to be present in pretty much every industry. Sales and tech is a good position to be in because tech is so ingrained in our lives now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's not going away. That's only going to become more and more and more a part of our daily routine. Right. So the tech industry though is consisted of, I mean, pretty much every type of role you can think of, right. There's engineering, there's R and D there's HR, there's payroll, right. There's, I mean, there's project management. There's a position almost for everyone and anyone uh, that would be found in maybe like a manufacturing company, right? Mm -hmm. Or found in um, even maybe like a retail company, right? You're, there's there's going to be those layers, right? You've got your C-levels, you've got VPs, you've got directors, managers, and then everybody who works there, right? The employees, right? So... It's just, um, it's a good space to be in. I encourage people who are maybe just coming out of like high school or college, right? If if you're looking for, you know, a, a great industry to be a part of, tech is definitely, definitely it. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I would add on top of that as well is that there's a lot of room for entrepreneurship, right? So if you want to start your own business, you can do a number of things with technology, right? And so... That's the thing. That's one of the things that I want to also put out into the ether, right? Put out into the world is that I think we need more entrepreneurs. We need more small businesses. Um, I don't like that there's a lot of these big companies that pretty much have monopolies on a lot of the technology that we use. And so I think there needs to be more companies out there that really take the plunge to uh, compete with those companies. And, uh, you know, there's probably companies that have done that with that mission uh kind of at the forefront but you know those big companies will come in and say hey we'll buy your company for 200 million dollars and i understand that's going to be hard to turn down right especially when you need an exit or especially if you're a startup owner right. and you went through venture capital and, and venture yeah. capital you know how they get paid once you either go public or the once moment you, you exit yeah yeah and sometimes getting an exit will be easier because sometimes right. we as human beings we like going to the next adventure. Absolutely. And it can be either in the same industry, but just yeah. a different type of, like a different direction. Right. Or just a whole different industry in general. Right. Exactly. So we yeah. like things to be different. And I feel like entrepreneurship, and that's what I love about it. Like being a business owner means that it, it, you don't get bored. You don't. There's always a challenge. You don't get bored of your job at all. No. And and realistically, going at you, so basically becoming a, an IT consultant will take some time, right? Of course, but like hundred percent. But getting into the tech industry, so you would just to just to clarify more or less. Sure. Would you say that becoming a consultant or an IT consultant primarily comes from the fact that you've been doing it for around ten years? Like the experience alone is what allows you to be a consultant. I think so. I I I, I genuinely think so uh, because of my experience and what I've done in the past. That allows me to speak to a lot of different different pieces of the puzzle, right? Um, and it's not also for everyone, like I said, right? Because the, the route that I'm taking is a business owner, owning my own small business, right? If you want to get into the tech industry, I think you can 
you can get into the tech industry, I wouldn't say fairly easily, but I think it would be an easier route than starting your own business, right? So it's just going to boil down to what you're looking for. Honestly, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Right. If so a few certifications and stuff like that. That helps a ton. Yeah. In, in which one, what would be the easiest way to get to the tech industry before I search? Like, why would you think, like, getting into AWS? Like, what would be one of the easiest routes that you can, like, like? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah. so it depends, again, on what you want to do. Yeah, of course, because right? it's so broad. It's you so broad. an right. engineer. Right. And stuff like that. Right. Sales, sales and marketing is a great place to start, right, if you just want to get in. Um, engineering, I highly recommend that you have at least some type of certifications. If you're an engineer, put together a portfolio, right? Something that you've done before, something you've designed, the languages that you've worked in, right? Stuff like that. Um, but getting into the actual industry, uh, might right now might be a little bit more challenging just because of all the layoffs that all these companies have been doing, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. And so for the newer people coming in, Keep that in mind is that you have you're competing against literally hundreds of thousands of people who do have experience and they have the same education you have. And so that's where that's where it's not good. Right. That's where I say we should have more entrepreneurs. Right. More IT consultants out there. But again, it's it's like those memes it's that talk about the what is it? The job experience. Mm -hmm. Right. It'll say you need. um two years of job experience and you're like, but I just got out of college. I don't have any job experience. Yeah. <laughs> I, I died and that really sucks. So it's yeah. like, Hey guys, I, I forgot this post, but apparently there was this guy who created a specific thing and it says, we're looking for 10 years of <laughs> this specific thing. And he was like, man, it really sucks that I cannot qualify since I, yeah. crea since I created it six years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> It's, that's hilarious like the old like the creators and so was like man I, even, I don't even qualify oh, and man. i was the and i was the founder of it exactly so you know that's and to people that are out there right now struggling that have been laid off um my heart goes out to you i um i, I know what that's like it's not a good feeling uh hang in there it's going to get better also think about starting your own business just throwing it out there Right. It might be something that you really enjoy. It might be something that takes off. And now all of a sudden you're like, what job? Yeah. Um, no, who, legit. Who, who Some, am I going to work for again? Yeah. Once Me? your business is actually oh, yeah. making you money, you don't go back. You don't go back. Yeah. 1000%. And, and realistically speaking, for those of you out there listening, uh, two things are going to happen. And I'm a big believer of this. Either yeah. You're going to have a successful business. You're going to make some money. And, you know, successful is down to your own definition, right? It could be yeah. if, if $8,000 is all you are gonna all you ever want to make and that's all you need and, right. and then and, and you're happy, then that's success in my opinion. If $4,000 is realistically all you ever need and you're happy with it, then that's successful as long as right. it lasts for X amount of years. Right. And or you just learn some really good stuff. Right. It's always a learning experience. That's yeah. for sure. Like you, you never walk away with nothing. Uh, I think that's the attitude that you should have if you're going to – if you're going to be a part of anything, really, either starting a new job, working for someone, or even starting your own business, uh, look at it as a learning experience. So that way you're walking away always with something. Honestly, I remember I read this book. It says, like, if you're thinking about it, you have to start now. Mm -hmm. Now, starting now doesn't mean register DLLC, um, start building the the brand. You know, you, like, start identifying the market. Right. Start telling people, hey, man, um, for example, my sister just wanted to become a barber. Okay, start telling people that you cut hair. Exactly. Yeah. Like, tell her, tell people, hey, I yeah. want to become a barber. I'm thinking about it. Blah 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 blah. If I give you a free haircut, because she's she has experience, but now she wants to be formal. Sure. Able to actually be an on-site 10.99, maybe her own personal branding and yeah. you know stuff type of barber. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to start talking to people. Start telling people that right. you like 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 right now we're planning on a, on an event on Geekdom where the members are going to come in for free food. And obviously that's where I come in. And then my sister will be on the corner and everybody is coming with the intention. They're going to get a free haircut. Nice. So she's going to be taking pictures and getting that experience yep. and stuff like that. And it's a hundred percent free because legally she's not supposed to, unless they want to tip her. Like sure. you know, a donation doesn't hurt. However, like that alone is her testing the market. Right. If you don't like it, let's just say you did 20 haircuts and like, man, that really sucked. I, 
really don't want to be doing this. Like, right. Okay, cool. Then don't 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 reg- put more into now it. Now you know you're not gonna <laughs> register an LLC. Now exactly. you know you're not gonna get it, like the whole nine yards exactly. of registration before you actually get the legality and the finances separate between yep. your business banking and so on and so on. Yep. So you, something I like to say is always always test the market. Start t- talking to people. Find out your warm market. Find out sure. what is the feedback that you're getting. Find out if people even trust you to even be in your services like right. like I, I my sister's even more hyped than ever because she knows that people will actually say yes on going to their house giving you a haircut yeah so that feedback alone gives you confidence like okay i am becoming a professional i'm right. becoming official i'm registering and you know what with clientele right. already with some type of momentum it doesn't mean that she's going to be successful there forward it just means that you're you're not coming in blind. You're not right. just doing it. Uh, you could potentially say that I did my due diligence, you know? Absolutely. And I Absolutely. don't know if you tested your one market, you know? Like when you were talking about it and planning about it, because testing the market could be as long as three years <coughs> or, as long sure. as, or as long as it could be. You're still yeah. working. That doesn't mean that you're not really trying to identify it. Yeah. And I mean, I would I would also say, like, don't, don't try and reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. right? So my business... I know works because other businesses are doing it. I'm not, I'm not really doing the model itself is not any different. Now my experience that I give you, that's the difference, right? When you work with me, that's going to be the difference between working with them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, someone who's going to get to know you personally has your interest at heart, right? Your best interest at heart. That's the big, the the big key differentiator right but you know what i'm what i'm doing right now there's other people that do it right so you know web development mobile app development migrations in, into the cloud cost optimization right all this is done cybersecurity i mean there's so many cybersecurity companies out there right but that's the thing also right like there's there's such a big need there's enough for everyone to go around right everybody needs cybersecurity Right. If you have a business, you need a website. I don't care what anyone tells you. You need a website, not a social media account. At least not as your primary way that people get in contact with you. you okay, need a website. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you need a website. You can use social media to funnel people to your website, but every business should have their own website. So these are things that everyone needs, right? And so I would. that's what I would tell people is when you're putting together your business plan, make sure it's something that's going to be relevant something that you know is going to work unless it's just something that's so different and it's so revolutionary right well then that's going to take more faith but even then if you believe in it enough and you know after you've done a warm check right with your immediate circle your outside circle right you've gotten maybe people to to try your product or whatever then you have an idea like wow you know out of the 200 people that I've shown this to, 199 have liked it, right? Then you know you're on a good on a good path. But if not, don't try and reinvent the wheel. An IT consultant, uh, that's primarily what I'm doing. I'm consulting, right? So you're leveraging my experience, my knowledge to be able to make educated, well-informed decisions on your company using technology. That's very fair to say. Now, we're almost at the end of the podcast. Cool. And... Uh, that being said, there means that I would say more or less like a, because we basically covered everything. What okay. ignited the puzzle, uh, the hustle, and then yeah. um, what kept you in the hustle. Yeah. And we also talk about anything that you want to advise yourself in the past. Yeah. So I guess we'll end it in the fact that I would say anything you want to promote at all, anything for like the last 30 seconds or so. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to promote yourself, somebody has yeah. nothing to sponsor, anything that you want to promote at all. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so unbound-it.com is my website. You can also find me on Facebook. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, add me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, first name again is Michael. Last name is Garcia. So you should be able to find me fairly easily on LinkedIn. Make sure to add me on there. If you have any questions um, about IT or consulting, also feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to support people uh, that need need the support. Hoorah, hoorah. So I'll say this much. Um, Michael Garcia, right? Yes, sir. 
That's me. So how many Michaels and how many Garcias? There's thousands. <laughs> That's just saying. You thousands of you us. You said just write Michael Garcia. You're gonna find right, me. Right, My first thought was like. 10 billion results are just going to come in. And then all of them look around the same. So it's like, man, that's cousin number one, cousin number two. No, no. Okay, fair enough. Type in Michael Garcia, unbound-it. Yeah. Uh, no, on on to... like LinkedIn or even Google, I should be, I should come out if you type that. So. Okay, that's fair to say. That's yeah. fair to say. Yes. <laughs> I immediately thought to my head, like, mm, Michael Garcia. Good call out. Yeah. <laughs> You're my 14 Garcia that I've met this year. Oh, God. There's, yeah. there's a lot of us. And none <laughs> of you are related. That's the part that is wild to me. You know, like none of you are not even closely related. Nope. Dramatically nope. different looking and different demographics. Oh, yep. no, I'm from Canada. Garcia? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Wait a minute. What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Here? Like, I'm not a, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna give any shade to the guy, yeah. but I'm just looking at him like Garcia? You well, know, like from Canada? All right. I mean, I'm not gonna judge. We're all over, man. Yeah, we're, they we're all over the Garcias. Gotta find out some some history because <laughs> that's what you major. Yeah. Like some guy out there, the first Garcia just looked at him like, yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna like the get world is gonna know my name. <laughs> So yeah, man. Alrighty, sure. guys. Thank you so much for hopping in with Born to Hustle again. I'm Roham Garyon, and I have a wonderful conversation with Marco Garcia. Um, other than that, uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Ura.